B. Mitchell Finley, 1067 The Fan. Couple, a little traffic report off the top here. Charles Gasparino is the Fox Business News reporter that had some uh, information on the commander's sale, Bezos, Mike Bloomberg behind the post, a whole bunch of reports there. It's, it's worth paying attention to. We talked about it at length in the first hour of the program. Charles Gasparino is going to be on with Grant and Danny later this afternoon. All right. Three, three o'clock. So tune in for that. We got Mitch Tischler joining us in about 30 minutes. Phone lines will open up at 1 o'clock. Tish Mitchler. For Ask B. Mitch Anything. And, and we haven't had the phones really open all week, so maybe we'll just kind of. We haven't had yesterday. That's true. We had the enemy talk. Um, right now, though, Landville, I got a, uh, sorry, this computer just decided to restart. So I'm going to need you to pull up Ricky. Our friend Ricky Irvin's former he was My Reds, bro. My Redskins bro. running back. What's going on, y'all? What's up, Ricky? How you doing, man? Man, I can't complain, man. I'm doing great, man. Hey, Rick- I was jamming, jamming to that Jay-Z, but I was hoping for some West Coast California love coming on. Man, you've been over here long. You lived over there. What the hell you talking about? <laughs> I'm just saying. You got over here and never you know, left, man. You fell in love with the East Coast. Whatever. Whatever. Ricky, anyway. ask your question, man. Yeah. You and Eric about the same yeah. height? I'm taller. You saw the pictures. I'm I mean, I mean, you were on your tiptoes because you never take a picture nah. flat. Let's set this up though. So, so Ricky Irvin's Ricky Irvin's. <laughs> you're, so you're right. <laughs> Ricky Irvin's third round pick, 1991 NFL draft, out of Southern Cal to the Redskins. You grew up close with Eric Bieniemy, is my understanding. You guys grew up right. like both in Southern California, LA area. Um, yeah, we both were. I'm sorry, go we ahead. both were running backs. Uh, in the San Gabriel Valley area. He went to Bishop Amont, this Catholic school. I went to John Mayer, Jackie Robinson school. And, you know, it was always like the battle of the running backs. <clears throat> and at the time, you know, EB was doing his thing. But I always bring up this one particular uh, incident where he played his team called Servite. Servite is like the modern day. You heard of modern day mm-hmm. right? in California. So that's, how, that's what Servite was back then. Big boys. And I did my business that night. And I, I heard that E.B. only had 20 yards in the first half. They shut him down. I'm like, cool, I might get the rushing time. You know what I mean? I woke up the next morning. <laughs> the next morning I woke up. And I look at the paper, and I see 320. I'm like, you He had 300 yards in the me. second half? 300 yards! <laughs> Are you kidding me? You know, Rick, you know, you know where that came from, though, Rick? What? For 10 years, he, he grew up, and he was born and raised in Louisiana for 10 years. Then he moved. Oh, he had God. that real. <laughs> What the hell happened? I, every time I see him, I'm like, man, please tell me. Because I just knew I had it. But man, that's my man. Then we ran track against each other, too. So we ran a football 60 as well. So I beat him in that, and he beat me in football. Oh, boy. So, <laughs> so for you guys growing up, I mean, you went to USC, which has always been uh-huh. just a powerhouse. The enemy goes to Colorado, which at that time was absolutely a powerhouse. Yeah, they were. Right, yeah. Were you guys kind of rivals? Uh, USA and Colorado? Or just me and EB? You and EB specifically? No, nah, not really, because we were just we were just cool. Well, not really and kind of sort of, so to speak. You always see what he's doing, so you want to top his. Um, especially in high school, and I know in college, you have, I was always following him. And, I'm, you know, I'm doing my business when I had a chance to. and uh, But now nah, I was just always a very good, strong supporter of EB. As a matter of fact, I went down there on a recruiting trip. <laughs> and I, he was there 
And I just realized, remember going there, it's like snow everywhere. And the recruiter who was recruiting me, John, something he, he was at America one time. But so, he said, isn't this great weather? I'm like, no, well, bro, you I, got I, snow if, that, on the if it was snow on the ground, I know you wouldn't go in there. Yeah, I said, there's snow on the ground. I know the sun is out, but this is not great weather. <laughs> So, I can't go here. So let's talk about I, – I don't know that fans know um, – fans know this, and I'm not trying to put your business out there, but Ricky is at every commander's home game. I see Ricky um, sitting with Raven. This is the two of them yep. in the press box every every game. A quiet guy and a loud guy. The, the, I told you that there, there was one great moment where I thought Raven Caldwell was about to break somebody's neck when they started making fun of University of Arkansas in the press box. Um, you remember that, Rick? That was this past season. Yeah. Hey, 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 Raven has to be quiet. He can't open his mouth anymore. Kim hey, man, can you, can you tell him to be quiet a little bit? <laughs> you know, his voice is so loud. Oh, boy. It's like a microphone. It's like, dude. So, Ricky, yeah, man. you're at every Commanders game, and you've been doing that. I, I feel like as long as I've been going to games, I, I see you, and and you you're working for the league, and you're doing the uniform checks and all that stuff. But uh-huh. you're a, you're an NFL running back. You, you played mm-hmm. at USC. I mean, these are the the, right. the highest levels of the sport. Right. You've watched this Commanders offense, and now you know that Eric Bieniemy is coming. What yeah. can Eric Bieniemy do for this Commanders offense? Let me tell you something. At that conference yesterday, I almost grabbed that mic from that guy and said, listen, can us old cats go home and get our equipment and shoot <laughs> for you, bro? But I'm ready to play for you right now. Yeah. I think I got one or two plays in me. <laughs> uh, I, mean, cause, I mean, I think there's going to be some excitement. I think he will bring everything he had over there, over here. From there being in a huddle, they spent it doing all the having fun because when Kansas City was doing that, they were having fun. They were having fun just beating people. I think he's bringing that energy over here, and now you're going to see our, our cats doing the same thing. And I'm excited. I can't wait. Well, I think, Rick, you, you, you are your personal trainer. You, you get a lot of kids right. ready for different sports. And I'm right. sure you've seen a change in the way guys are receptive to your approach. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You can remember when yeah. you first got here, you met me, you probably thought I was a psychopath. But, <laughs> yeah. but, but no, what I'm saying, what I saw yesterday was all he's the only change he's going to have that other coaches didn't have previously – was he's going to be hold him accountable? He's going to right. expect and a certain thing, and that's all. And, and I think every player still wants that. It's just that most coaches don't give it, don't expect it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the coaches even talk about it though, really, because the way that Eb spoke about it, man, it was almost in every sentence that he talked about. And every in every when someone posed a question to him, he always brought up the accountability, which is so important. And 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 we don't do that. We never think about that. You, we know we want to play for the guy next to us, but, man, to hold yourself accountable, knowing that you got to go to strain to make this play, you know, they don't think about it. They're not used to it. And now we have to get in that rhythm of being consistent, of being of straining, and just having that blood, sweat, and tears for your partner. So we're talking with our friend Ricky Irvin's former Redskins running back, played his college ball at the University of Southern California, and was friends with – Eric Bieniemy in high school. Um, when you watched EB yesterday, and 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 I'll be honest, I was pretty impressed with Dude, his press that was a head coach talking to us. That was a head coach. That's what it sounded us. like to me. Seriously, Dude, that's all it was. I was. I'm t- that's why I was ready to play. I said <laughs> I was sitting next to Julie, and I'm like, oh my god, where's my? I need to go get my stuff right now. 
Rick, that was a head coach talking. That's I, why I couldn't figure out how come he doesn't have any jobs. I mentioned something uh, to JP on air, and like everyone was talking about how he's up in people's face. And you got a lot of people, uh, Shady McCoy, Emmanuel Acho, trying to make mm-hmm. like that. Like that's a bad thing. I told people that <laughs> for every good guy, that's a bad guy on the team. Remember, Joe Gibbs mm-hmm. was a good guy. Wayne yep. Revere, Wayne Wayne Revere, Wayne Severe will curse your ass out. You know, and you got to have those people on your team. And, and I, yeah, I just think that people don't understand that some coaches who are very quiet in their way, they have they need to have those other coaches around them that will step in your chest if you say something wrong. So that's why I'm hoping that these guys have, you know, to be in the NFL, you have to have thick skin regardless because you've gone through a lot of stuff, of course, in your, your life. But, again, with EB, EB brings a different energy, and you really going to have to have some thick skin because I'm telling you, he, he – he just he's gonna pull everything everything out of you, and if you're not ready for that, man, you're gonna have problems. Yeah, and I I, I just think that that's something that's needed inside yeah. that locker room, inside that building before because we've had talent for years. Mm-hmm. We just don't get to yeah. our top level because I don't think the people that's basically the jockeys, the coaches riding mm-hmm. you, are not giving you that 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 thought that I have to All get right. the absolute best out of you. Because sometimes when those players leave our, our, our team, they go elsewhere and go crazy. Yes. Yeah, and Because they didn't get that stuff pulled out of them, that other person out of them. And I think EB is going, is going to do it, man. And Ricky, I'm, I'm so excited. I can't wait. Uh, Ricky, are you on Twitter, by the way? No, nah, I'm on Instagram. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm on Twitter, but I don't go on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. On phone, Make sure you say up. you're on Twitter, too, because they're going to start saying you're a complete <laughs> old man, dog, if you don't have that, too. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just... hey, hold up, real quick. Hey, B, did you ride yesterday? Now nah, I play golf. Okay. That was just so beautiful. I thought you'd be out riding. Um, so <laughs> specifically, one, I, I think there are, it's it's remarkable having the conversation about the enemy because there's mm-hmm. the stupid stuff. There's obviously some stupid stuff involved here. And like that, that to me would be the Shady McCoy stuff, the Emmanuel mm-hmm. Acho, and I think it's somewhat reasonable. I didn't hear what Emmanuel said. I heard Shady. What did uh, they do mm-hmm. sometimes? Um, I think, I mean, for me, there's a real question why you picked Washington and why you picked it now. What is, we heard his answer, why not Washington? I think there's talent here. What do you think the answer is, Rick? Well, just like he said, he's going to a place where, okay, <clears throat> I've been in Andy Reid's shadow for a, a, quite a few years, so let me go here and make my mark. And the Washington Redskins got a beautiful defense. They got a receiver who I love, two receivers. Their running backs are phenomenal. And all I got to do is they got that third, that quarterback he just saw recently. Oh, I can make that guy into something. I believe I can. So I'm going to go over there and try to change the whole program around. And if he does that, you can't say anything. Yeah. You won't have to let that guy in. I think even in that sense, I think uh, it's it's unfortunate and it's, and it's wrong that he has to jump through all those hoops because that's been coaches who come around and did less than he was, less than he's done. They did not make the calls like him. He's had the success, but I just think that even if he has a year, they're going to say, let me see another one. You know, mm-hmm. but I mm-hmm. like the fact that he is strong enough to say, you know what? My job today is to do what I'm doing now. I'll yeah, worry about the other stuff he- later. And I think even when, when I was listening to him yesterday, I think I might have mentioned it to uh, – I think I told the CK our 
uh, our program manager here, and I told CK, what, what is CK? He's like, the, he does everything. What's the name? He's the cluster buster. The cluster buster, yeah. yeah. Uh, I told mm-hmm. CK, I said, I think he intimidates people in in uh, in interviews. Yeah. And because he's he believes in himself, he answers directly, and he has bass in his voice, which a lot of people <laughs> in a certain position, they want you to be – to act like they want you to cower in front of them. Almost, yeah, Nobody's yeah. going to cower for you. And I think that right there has stopped him from getting the job because those people, they're afraid that he's going to say what the truth is, that you're not doing your damn job. Mm-mm, nah, nah. He, he, he's speaking from his heart, bro. He's speaking from, from experiences, man. He talked about his, you know, being in the league because he has all of that from being in the league, playing, then he's coaching. And being on, oh man, he he has all of that knowledge to to hold inside his his whole body and bring it out and then give it to these, these kids now. So, so you know. going forward, let let's try to get specific here. And I, and I, everybody loves pointing out the two goal line plays in the Super Bowl, which were just terrific oh, awesome. and just such a great use of motion. Who do you think gets the biggest bump? Who do you think will will Accelerate the most with Eric Bieniemy here in Washington. What position or what player? But either, yeah. I mean, both. You know what? I think uh, I think the quarterback is going to benefit this quarterback that we have uh, because he going even though he's not going to be a Patrick Mahomes, he's going to be himself in this offense, which is going to allow him to be what he did when he's at North Carolina: roll out, do some, have some fun, and enjoy it. And then, of course. You know, the receivers are going to benefit from that from him. But I think those running backs uh, with the different design players they call. Uh, is, let me ask you a question real quick. The guy who went to Louisiana, is he still on their team? Number 22, the running back on Kansas City. Because I didn't see him in the uh, – Oh, no, he got hurt. You're talking about uh, um, uh, 35. Clyde Edwards-Zelaire. Edwards, he got hurt. Edwards, yeah. Yeah. When he came to City, when they brought him in, dude, he was just getting so many yards when he first started playing. So I love their – the way their offense opened up uh, players for the running back. I think I think for me, when I look at guys that already have been, like, dominant, they're going to be even more. Because I look at Terry McLaurin. Carson wasn't throwing him the football. Uh, Ron and Scott kept saying, well, we go with the system. I watch uh, Kelsey every damn game, and he's a tight end. And they, he gets 12 to 15 targets a game. You know why? Because he's the best player I got on this team, and I'm going to scheme up things to get him. Terry McLaurin mm-hmm. is the best player on your offense. They're going to scheme up plays for him. He's not going to be out wide all the time. He's going to be in motion. He's going to be in the slot, which is going to mm-hmm. open up and make him have the mismatches where they can't bump him to where he's going to have more targets coming to him. I believe Terry McLaurin, as good as he's been, will be made way better under the offense like with, uh, from what Eric Ooh, is going to work. That's scary. <laughs> If you believe that, be missed. That's scary. I'm just saying, like, when we watch this kid. I think it's Dotson. We watch this kid not get passes in games because uh-huh. they were waiting for the defense to give them that look. You don't let nobody dictate to you. You dictate to them. And I think so, in this offense, they will start to do that. And Dotson was good already. I think Dotson and Terry is going to elevate their games, which opens it up for other people, which makes it hard for a defense to defend that. So let me ask you this then. Do you think their offense is geared towards their best player or a tight end? So do you think our tight ends here are going to get a lot of play? No, I think Kelsey was the best player on that team last year, offensively, other than Pat. 
I mean, Pat. When they had Tyreek, when they had Tyreek Hill, they would go through Tyreek Hill, which we deep pass, deep pass, deep pass. Look for the other stuff. When this time they began to, they began to, because Kelsey got more targets once Tyreek left. So I, I believe that they're gonna go with the better player. Now the tight ends, he can scheme it up for them too. Ricky, as somebody that's known Eric for, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Politely say thirty years. Um, yeah, the old in that Ricky about fifty four. I, I was man. I was being polite, Brian. <laughs> what <laughs> What do you think happens this fall? Because here's what I said yesterday. I don't know what the hell is going to happen. I don't know if the offense is going to be better or worse, significantly <laughs> better. Howell makes a jump. Brian Robinson goes for fifteen hundred yards. A lot could happen. I don't know what's going to happen. I do believe he is the guy for the job, and he'll put them in positions to succeed. <laughs> What do, do you think is going to happen? Do we have – all right, let me ask you this question. Do we have linemen that can really block? That's do. I mean, that's the question. That has to be corrected uh, before oh, we can answer the question of what yes. you're asking, I think, Jay. Yes. So, other than that, I, 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 you know, I can't say anything because it starts up front with those guys. Those guys up there, they're going to pave the way. I don't care what he brought, what EB brings here, what, what tricks and everything. If he can't get no blocking, it don't work. Can I tell both of you my theory? Yeah. And these are players you both played with? Mm-hmm. You want to hear something? Yep. You want, yep. Me to, you want a bold proclamation on Bring a, it on a me, Ribs brother. Friday? Yeah, give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. I think the plan, I could see a role, I could see a world where Terry McLaurin kind of has an Art Monk role and Jahan Dotson has a Gary Clark role. Thoughts? Because hmm. Gary, know, Gary was your home run hitter, and Art made all the big catches. Gary was and they home, both could hit home runs. Don't yeah, get me wrong. I think I, I really think though, when you look at Terry, he's a little different than what Art was because Terry yeah. can not him up, put him down. You know, he's not as big, but he's faster. Yeah, totally. And Terry, you see, Terry can go get the big plays as well. Yeah, I, I, I just, I. Yeah. But when I look at this, I kind of think Jahan is more of the Art Art Monk type, quieter. Terry's a little more demonstrative than people give him credit for. Yeah, He's but, closer to Gary. Yeah. His attitude is closer to Gary. Yes. Matter of fact, even Gary would say the same thing. <laughs> he reminds me of myself. I yeah, he is. Terry is a quiet guy, but on that football field, oh, you watch just, him. Yeah. <laughs> he, he does little subtle things like he's letting people when he, know. When he steps over I'm the Trayvon baddest did. SOB on this field. Sure. Listen, <laughs> I in think, those white lines, Terry is a different dude, man. He get off that field, and he's, he's like Michael Jackson. You know? I, I think we'll see more of that from Dotson this year, too. All right. Hey, Ricky, great okay, to catch man. up, man. Appreciate uh, you, bro. Always. Love it, you guys, man. Anytime I, you want me, you got me. I mean this in, in the correct way. Ricky Irvin's good-looking man. <laughs> hey, Rick, he came here with a Ricky <laughs> yeah. Irvin's T-shirt on one day. I, I was wondering what the hell's going on. I didn't know he had a crush on you like that. Whatever. <laughs> Thank you, Ricky. Hey, appreciate you, you, dude. Appreciate All right, you dude. Guys, no doubt. All right, peace. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. We're going to keep the EB conversation going. Eric Bickle and Eric Bieniemy, Mitch Tischler, Washington Football Talk Podcast, joins us next. Hey, it's Brian Mitchell here. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is a perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus best back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app because it's safe, it's secure, and it's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drain. 
Listen, they got so many NBA bets out there, and it'd be easy to bet them on FanDuel, and you don't have to be an NBA expert. Listen, when I look at the the uh, Wiz tonight, I'm going to go with a system pick. They're getting points at home, seven o'clock. I think, and I'm not I'm not worried about the Knicks. You go with them, you can also bet the spread, spread on the money line. You can pick your favorite player uh, for a prop bet, like player points, rebounds, or assists. And look, FanDuel has an exclusive bet where you, they go two by three. Two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes. Hey, there are guys on the Wiz who can knock down threes, and I'm sure they can get that done. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same-game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bet when you go to FanDuel.com slash Brian. That's FanDuel.com slash Brian to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. FanDuel Sportsbook with the official partner, 1067 The Fan. You have to be 21 years old, the president of Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as a non-withdrawable bonus bet that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. The sandstorm just hits different, Landfill. B. Mitch and Finley, 1067 The Fan. It is a Scotty's Vodka Red Bull Friday. Yes, it is. Scotty's and Sandstorm. It's all you need in this world. Yep. All I need in this life is Double Scotty's today. Yeah, we got, <laughs> we got Scotty the Gentile. We got Scotty's handcrafted vodka. We got it all. We got Scotty's ribs, Scotty's blueberry rib sauce. It's a wild world. To get even wilder, let's invite Mitch Tischler into the hot tub. Mitch, the big man from Mitch, the Washington Football Mitch, would have been a good day to podcast. come in studio, dog. Yeah, dude, you should come down here. We, but Mitch likes beef ribs. That's an important it's clarification. Chicken. What's yes, chicken? but I love chicken in there too, love, fool. There is chicken. <laughs> I love Red Bull and Scotty, so I would have been happy. Right. <laughs> I, listen, I can speak uh, firsthand. We the know big what man you like. Loves some, loves some Scotties and Red Bull. <laughs> um, big man, you were out at Eric Bieniemy's introductory press conference yesterday. Um, you talked to a bunch of people. I want to talk about your conversation you had with Jason Wright, but let's start with the conversation surrounding Eric Bieniemy. What was your initial impression of EB? I was impressed with him. Um, I, I loved his confidence. I loved uh, kind of the, the way that he talked about coaching these players. I mean, commanders, offensive coordinators for the past, you know, decade or so have for the most part been kind of players coaches, guys who are kind of being buddy-buddy with, you know, the other guys on the team. You look at the way, you know, Jay Gruden was with some of those wide receivers and, you know, maybe uh, Deshaun Jackson giving him a little uh, uh, purple nurple, whatever nurple. you want to call it. Yeah, and, you know, you see Scott Turner joking around out there with those guys doing – and there's nothing wrong with being a being a coach in that in that regard. I think Eric Bieniemy is going to be much more of a leader than either of those two guys were, and he's going to be someone that's going to demand uh, – that's going to demand their respect, demand perfection, and I think he's somebody who's going to go after them. And I like the idea of – kind of a big voice uh, in that offensive room, especially with so many young guys around there who don't really have, you know, big-time NFL experience. I like the idea of having, you know, this veteran OC, a guy who's not going to be shy to, uh, to call these guys out. And certainly, you know, day one at the presser, we talk about winning a press conference. That guy won the press conference. But I think when you look at it, though, uh, I think you've been around here a long time, Mitch, and that there are certain guys on this football team on both sides of the ball that you don't need to motivate them. But there are other guys who need motivation. And I think just the coach that holds them accountable and show them his, what he expects, that's going to change up the whole dynamic of that offensive side of the ball. 
Certainly. I, I would say on the offensive side of the ball, I don't know that there are many of those guys that need motivation, need help getting motivated. I think it's a group that does a pretty good job of, of getting themselves going. The, the thing that I always go back to uh, from last year was, was Carson Wentz talking about how each of the different receivers ran their routes a little bit different and how it was tough as a quarterback in a short period of time to get in rhythm with them because of the way that each of them ran differently. I don't think Eric, the enemy is going to be a guy who's going to allow those small details to slip through the cracks. I think he's somebody who's going to call that out in practice and make sure that these guys are doing are running routes the way they're supposed to. They're running the plays the way that they're designed. And I think that's going to be something that's going to be big for this offense, especially, again, as you have so many young guys who are kind of getting their footing in the NFL uh, moving forward. And, and I, think it's, I think it's going to be a, a stark uh, wake-up for some of these guys uh, as, they, as they go through practices. Talking with our friend Mitch Tischler here from NBC Sports Washington, the Washington Football Talk podcast. You can follow him at Mitch underscore Tischler. Uh, I loved that Doc Walker started screaming about people with underscores in their social media handles and how dumb it is. So, Mitch, you need to have a conversation with the doctor when you're ready. Um, (laughs) But we just had Ricky Irvins on the program, and and I asked him this, and I want to ask you the same thing. What player do you think gets the biggest bump from the arrival of Eric Bieniemy? What what? What player, what position group, who do you think this will really help? I got to be honest. I think it's Sam Howell. Um, I think when you look at Same quarterbacks answer. in this day and age and, uh, and kind of I think the situation that they walk into determines so much of their success in the NFL. You know, there are guys who are going to be superstars, you know, no matter what happens. Pat Mahomes, obviously, one of those guys. But, you know, you look out in, in San Francisco – how many, other, how many other places would Brock Purdy be able to step in and have had the success that he had? I think it helps a lot that they have such a strong offense and, and such a great coaching staff that can, you know, put him in place like that. I think having Eric Bieniemy there is going to be a huge uh, boon for, for Sam Howell because not only is he going to do a good job, I think, of getting the ball in his playmaker's hands, but I think he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna drop an offense that is complementary to Sam Howell's abilities and I think that's something that, uh, that, that will go a long way in terms of, of getting Sam, you know, a little success early, some confidence, and then he can start building to the, the bigger, better plays and, you know, the, some of the crazy things that we've seen uh, out of Kansas City over the, over, the, over the years. But, yeah, I think Sam Howell's going to get a big, big boost from having Eric Bieniemy back there. You like talking about the big men, and I, I agree with you because I feel like when you don't have them, you don't win. Uh, you think they're going to be able to address the offensive line position enough to be able to start to see that success happening? I think so. Um, I think it would be obviously incredibly short-sighted and silly if they didn't. But um, I, I, I got to believe in the draft uh, early on they're, they're going to they're gonna address this. And, you know, at 16, whether it's at left tackle or corner, I think that those are clearly kind of the two biggest, biggest needs. Uh, I think that's what they're going to be looking at. And if they don't go in the first round, for a tackle, I think you're going to look see them go in the second round, and it's a it's a relatively deep class uh, of tackles there where you can get kind of a, a day one starter, um, you know, in the in, in the second in the second round, and so I'd be surprised if they don't go there, and they're certainly going to have to shore it up in the uh, in free agency as well. I mean, you know, we've talked on this program many times about this O line. I think you're going to see you know probably three new starters at least uh, amongst the starting five, and so there's going to be some work to, there's going to be some work that's got to get done there. Talking with our friend Mitch Tischler. You can give him a follow on Instagram at Mitch underscore Tischler. Uh, Mitchell, let's switch gears. You also 
So it, it was a bit of a free-for-all yesterday after the press conference broke up, and I wasn't necessarily expecting to get to talk to the players and all the people there, but everybody talked on camera, on record. I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's funny being a reporter in that setting where there's so much to try to gather, but you've got to do things one at a time. And and I'm, hamstrung's the wrong wrong word, but it's me and Chris Kerwin, the the news photographer for Channel 4. Like, we have to kind of work in tandem, right? I believe you were the only one talking to Jason Wright for a pretty significant amount of time. What was your conversation with? I got over there at some point, but what did you and Jason talk about? Yeah, we, we had a few minutes. You know, uh, it's the old world of where everyone zigs, you zag. Uh, after that press conference ended, Sam Howell was talking, uh, Terry McLaurin, you know, a bunch of different folks. And uh, and I saw Jason kind of standing over there off to the side. He was sitting, um, you know, almost right in front of me for the press conference. And he looked quite excited. I mean, during the presser, he was, you know, not his head. He had a big smile on his face, you know. I was saying that, um, you know, he seemed like he was one step away from, you know, being in church and, you know, standing up and clapping and getting excited. And I just kind of was asking about, you know, what the process was like for him as they went, as they went through this, because, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's one thing to talk about, you know, the, the business side of things and, you know, everything that's happening kind of over on that side. But we talk about football, you know, the, uh, he's somebody that, you know, played the game. He was, he was a running back as well at Northwestern. You know, and that's something that, that Jason was excited about was how many guys um, in that, you know, coaching staff and kind of front office area, you know, have all been ex-players. They know, you know, what it's like to be a guy, what it's like to go through the grind, and, you know, how much easier it is, in Jason's words, how much easier it is to kind of connect with the guys when they know, you know, that you've been in, in, the, in, that, uh, in that foxhole with them. And so, um, you know, and Jason was excited about uh, the opportunity to hire, you know, Eric Bieniemy into that, you know, assistant head coach, you know, offensive coordinator role. And, and I think, you know, he pointed out that, that it, he thinks that hopefully it kind of signifies to the league, you know, there's this perception of, you know, the Washington commanders and all the issues that ownership and everything has had. But for the commanders to be able to land a guy like Eric Bieniemy, who has the most impressive offensive resume of kind of any of these OCs that, that became available – you know, you hope that's a little bit of a sign to the league and hopefully to other players that, you know, that, that, that the team and the organization is making a turn and is trying to, you know, go in the right direction. And, you know, there are there are positives in Washington. You know, everyone asked Eric Bieniemy why Washington? Well, there are a lot of offensive, you know, there are a lot of uh, offensive uh, weapons there that are young and, and, and explosive. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of excitement uh, yesterday. And, and certainly Jason Wright wasn't, wasn't, uh, wasn't, wasn't lacking there. I think Jason Wright, Martin Mayhew, uh, Stokes, all those guys were coming out of Eric's mouth a lot. And I think they had a lot to do with this, you know, just as much as Coach Rivera. I mean, we all felt the, the relationship between Ron and, and Andy was going to make sure this thing landed. But I think those other relationships that he already had with those other guys played a big part as well. Certainly. And listen, you know, we when when it's when it's needed or when it's right, we 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 call the team out for their mistakes and we, and we point out the, the missteps and the mishaps. This isn't one of those. I mean, this is mm-hmm. something that they, they, they hit a home run on and you know, it's, it's, an, it's the off season and we've seen the commanders, you know, Washington football Redskins hit home runs in the off season before this is the most recent one. And I, I think it's an exciting time to, 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 to think about, you know, what this offense could look like. And, and I think it's, it's a really big deal to be able to land a guy like this. How many homers you hit back in the uh, the Winston Churchill days? Two. 
Many. Let's get a number. Two. Oof. Uh, I probably, I probably, I probably, I probably got double digits one year. Were you over the fence, or you just ran around and they didn't get you? What do you think? Over the fence. (laughs) 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 So I'm going to put him on the spot. Mitch's brother was a college baseball player. Who was the better baseball player, you or Russ? Oh, Russ was much, much, much better than I was. Were you better at baseball or football? What's that? Were you better at baseball or football? Oh, much better football player than baseball player. Um, Russ was my my younger brother. Russ was uh, he played in the in the summer leagues with guys who got drafted and 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 played in the majors. He was a he was an actual baseball player. I was a uh, I was a swing to the fences every time I got up I got up to the plate guy. Close your eyes and swing hard. That's what you say on the golf course. And that landfill was a trip down the Tischler Athletic Family Tree. Mitchell, thank you for your time, man. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks so much. Save a uh, save a rip or two for me, uh, JP. Do what we can. That's our guy, Mitch Tischler. Give him a follow at Mitch underscore Tischler. One o'clock. Get your cell phones out. Ask me, Mitch. Anything is coming. Oh boy. Come on, give us some moves, Rooster. Rooster. Oh, oh let go, Rooster. Rooster's dancing. Oh my God, that would break the internet. In a world well, where you never know what's again. coming next. <laughs> do it again. Let's break the internet. <laughs> All right. Um. I have a series of questions for, <laughs> for everyone involved. Oh, boy. I'd like to start my first question uh, for Brian Mitchell. Yes. B, do you have a phone charger? I can't fo- find mine, and my phone's about to die. Okay. There's step one. We're in business. Now. Question- always have a phone charger. Thank man. you, sir. Or I have a, a portable one here, too, if you ever need it. I appreciate it, and I probably will. <laughs> um, question number two. Uh, Chris Russell, the rooster. Russo. Russo. Hello, Chris. How are you? Hello, boys. What's How up, are brother? You? Now. We, we got extra, extra, extra time with Chris today. That's normally on Fridays. It's normally Fridays. Yeah, yeah. And there's a whole, and there's food. There's a whole bunch. Yeah, there's food. I mean, l- let me just tell you something. You guys have, you, you guys hooked this all up. James Scott came in. They cooked an unbelievable spread. I've never had barbecue like that before in my life, period. Anywhere, anytime. Uh, unbelievable. I, I got pictures all over my Instagram. I tagged lots of people on it, J.P. Finley, so, just because I know that that annoys the, the living daylights out of you. Rooster, God bless you. You have your own show for three hours where you can yes. bark <laughs> and do things. This is our program, so I'm going to do the barking. Uh, landfill, I'm not good at many things. Would you confirm that for me? Uh, yes. Okay. He's distracted. I, I do think I'm decent at social media. Would you argue that? Could you, I'm could, down with the kids, man. <laughs> don't start yet, because i got to try to keep them on task here. Lanville, yes, I'm decent at social media. Just a yes or a no question. Sure. Chris Russell just posted a tweet about an hour ago, Brian, uh-huh. in which he tweeted, he tagged Rihanna in his tweet. Because I'm an idiot. <laughs> Rihanna, Rihanna. Rihanna has 108 million Twitter followers. She follows 982 people. None of them are Chris Russell. Uh huh. Rooster, my question is simple: Why the hell do you tag Rihanna in a tweet? What are you What are you hoping to accomplish there? All right. So here's here's the rationale. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> that, 
Using the word rationale for whatever's about to come out of your mouth is unfair to rationale. Okay, okay. But, but here's my thought process, okay? That's more accurate. I understand that Rihanna is not going to retweet me. I, I go into it with the game plan that Rihanna is not going to retweet me. By the way, did you know John Cena follows me? Irrelevant, but cool. Okay. He got a lot of followers, too. Just saying. And Adam Schefter, too. Terrific. Uh, Anyway. Landfill, remember that day Jeff came back from an eight-day bender and just started talking to us about how many followers he got? (laughs) Now now Russell's doing it. (laughs) So I know she's not going to retweet me. Here's why I I tagged her is because dum-dums do searches on Twitter and TweetDeck and Americans are dumb by and large. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Especially one's named Zaza Pachulia. Um, But anyway... Americans are dumb by and large. So are people around the world. So I figure if I tagged Rihanna that some dum-dum, maybe a lot of dum-dums, might see it when they're doing a search for at Rihanna, which is then how I drive them to listen to the radio show or the dumb bit that we do at the end of every day, which is called dum-dum of the day. I, so I'm trying to attract you got, dumb you, you people. Got, you just got, do you, uh, what's called the dum-dum stallion right near? You don't have to do that. <laughs> and anybody that does think that is a complete blithering idiot. What do you think your conversion rate is on, like, I'm, I'm just scrolling your Twitter now. If you want to follow him, at WrestleMania621. Today, you've had, you have tweets where you tagged Jeff Bezos. Right. ESPN. Yep. What do you think the conversion rate is from somebody that searches Jeff Bezos somehow lands on your tweet out of that algorithm? Do you need them to, to one, search Jeff Bezos, two, land on your tweet, three, then read your tweet and decide, oh, I'm going to click on this Odyssey app. What do you think the conversion rate is? What is your success rate here? Probably one out of three million. Yeah, it's a method to your madness, though. There is. Because there's no method to the madness of social media. Right. Well, here's the thing. This is terrible. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. Here's the thing. I am such a loser that I've been stuck on like 28,000 and change followers for seven years since I got off the beat, since I stopped breaking stories. You, okay, B-Mitch should be in the Hall of Fame and is well-known and is awesome and and has probably 100,000 followers. (laughs) You break stories all the time. You're... Obviously got great connections, great sources. Ian Rappaport tweets you, this guy tweets you, that guy tweets you, retweets you, whatever. So you have like 80,000 or 85,000 followers or however many followers you have. You can sneeze on Twitter and get 300,000 likes. Me, I make a brilliant point, which I make all the time. Three people care about it. Three people I get <laughs> like a schoolgirl. What? Sounds, sounds like somebody hates like a schoolgirl. Rooster. <laughs> What's the percentage of the American population that you believe you're smarter than? Oh, well, that's easy. I mean, at least I'm smarter than at least 99.67% of. (laughs) I'm like a bar of ivory soap, baby. Americans are dumb by and large. I would agree. Do you think people like being told how dumb they are? Oh, my Lord. No, um, and that's probably why I'm stuck on 28,000 followers. Probably because I've called too many people dum-dums. I think, I think you should worry about Twitter less. Uh-huh. I think you should tag fewer people less on Twitter. Less people. I, I, dude, I, I get- notice you have a certain je ne sais quoi about how you go about things. You're like, you know, the commanders hired Eric Bieniemy, and you get 400,000 likes. Oh, a lot of people think, are morons. Just... 
I, do whatever you want with this. Stop tagging Rihanna. Let's let's start with a baseline of that. Okay. And we'll, and Tag we'll Beyonce. See, we'll get, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the time, Rooster. Thank you, Bush. Um, yeah, uh, I don't care about the players. I care about me. Marcelina. 800-636-1067. Uh, <laughs> 800-. We are trying to get Tina Turner on the program. If you can help us with that, let us know. We're coming back later. It's asked me to miss anything. Good boy. Good boy. Good boy. Good boy.